0: You sound super clear and crisp
1: on my end. Well, thank you, man. I mean, it's between this mic, the noise suppressor, and a bunch of other shit that I put into, and the audio interface that makes a very sound like that. Ah. You, you wait until you hear the, the final product of this episode, you're going to hear exactly how I really sound, you know? oh, it's supposed to awesome. sound, basically. So, how's it going, man? How's it going, man? What's, go- what's cracking? What's popping?
0: <laughs> um, nothing new. I mean, working pretty hard on this big surprise I got that'll probably come out before this interview does. Um, not sure. January 15th, we have a little mini festival that we're hosting in Miami. Mm. We have a pretty fire lineup, mix of dubstep, experimental house. Oh,
1: shit. We're bringing we're bringing a lot of people around that genre.
0: Yeah, so I mean, our major dubstep event is going to be happening later in probably March or May. I'm mm. um, still finalizing that, but our headliner right now is mostly experimental. So, but I'm going to be playing dubstep. We got Jay Poach on the lineup. He's going to be playing dubstep, and it's going to be a great time.
1: That's awesome. What's the, what's this whole about experimental, man? What like I've heard of it but i just don't know what genre can you define it like where do you go with that
0: so i guess a good way to explain experimental bass it has like hip-hop foundation but Mm -hmm. it's like dubstep but like like slow tempo uh more 808s less kicks and the bass lines and drops are a lot more Um, I guess I can't say bass heavy because dubstep is bass heavy as well, but it's more like sustained basses and like sub frequencies and super like low, um, like music. Whereas dubstep is more upbeat and 150 is like commonplace, but experimental can go as low as like 120, 140. Um, it's good, I recommend it. I could, I could toss some people your way that you would listen to and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, peekaboo. Yeah, I know Peekaboo. That's experimental bass, like. Oh, but that's hybrid trap. Yeah, it's a good. That's another good way of putting it. Yeah, it's it has a lot of trap elements.
1: Yeah, yeah, because um, it's like you say, it's uh, it's a lot of sustained sounds, and with the hip hop elements on top of it. Yeah, that's like hybrid trap all around. You know.
0: That's a, that's cool. I gotta I gotta look more into hyper trap. It's an interesting genre, to put it
1: in. Yeah, I mean, a lot of artists actually do that stuff, you know, from Peekaboo and all the way to back then, when back in my day, when we were starting out. Oof, those were the days in which a lot of people were starting to blow up. Um, Uzi, hoochie was Uh, Floss. Floss were one of those pioneers. GTA as well. Carnage. Eh, Carnage. I miss feelings about that, but you know, he was he was, he was around at that time. Um. Oh, fucking bro, Safari, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and all those guys. Yeah, th- all those guys that were into Mumaton and does the festival trap. Yeah, they were all part of that whole hyper trap experience. Even bigger artists has tried it out, like um, like Zomboy and such. You know?
0: Yeah, I guess. But Carnage, GTA, and Floss wouldn't technically be experimental based. Like they do do hype, tra- hype trap. I get what you mean, but. I don't know. I'm gonna have to send you some tracks. I like that we're that we're exploring experimental base because it's all it's like a little genre in itself. Hey,
1: um I'm, I'm I'm all about new genres, man. I mean look at look at fucking Dubstep. Dubstep has how many ju- sub genres like, right now? N- now we're into the color base future rhythm era right now,
0: <laughs> which is pretty dope. Yeah, I like color base. I mean
1: it's a it's a it's a better I say it's a better version of rhythm. Like I will take this over rhythm any other given day.
0: Yeah, it definitely depends who you're listening to. I mean, Skybreak is a big color based artist that's coming up right now, and he's he's throwing some tracks out there that are fire.
1: Shout out to Skybreak, man. That, that's that's the that's the homie, man. Um, not too long ago, I just did an interview on him, man. Oh no way! Yeah, he was at, He's actually well. By the time this episode is getting released, it's already been released the the Skybreak interview. So yeah, he he was a very chill, humble person, man. I, I love him, man. I love his energy. And he, you can tell, like, his spirit and his energy towards it is, like, very, like, into it. But at the same time, he's at college, so he's very dedicated at, at doing two things at the same time, which is, like, it's it's pretty cool, man. When the episode is out, now you can ch- go ahead and check it out, you know? It's actually pretty... That's fire. I'm leaning towards it. It's a very, very, very cool episode, very in-depth in the eyes of an upper comer especially, like, him when he started out not too long ago, and how he grinded his game all the way to where he is right now, where he's he's blowing up. Little, I know his his first actual tour is about to start. Not too long, not too soon. Like next month, next time, next month he's gonna start his his first tour with with um, Darbin or is it Davin? Keep forgetting his name. But he's like one of those melodic guys, you know. And it's gonna be his first. Sh- tour of the day it's gonna be his fourth show overall. Oh, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. So I hope he stops by Miami.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He did he did mention me that he was actually passing by Florida, but the low it was two areas in Florida that he was passing by and one of them was in Orlando. And he says that like that's like the furthest he's gonna go over to Florida. I'm like, damn, like you're like three hours away from me. But you know, when you go there, I'll be there to support you, man. So
0: that's one of the things and reasons that we started doing like dubstep events down here in Miami because mm. it's tragic the way that all these dubstep artists will like have shows in Florida and the lowest they'll go is Tampa, Orlando, maybe mm. Boca if we're lucky. But they always skip Miami on their tours and that has to change because Miami is the spot. Like if you're any DJ, that doesn't have to just be dubstep. Like if you're a DJ, you're going to want to play in Miami. Like True. this is the spot. So that's why we got to start bringing more of those heads down here, have some more shows that have dubstep in them.
1: I agree, bro, but, but I was wondering where is it a good place in which, you know, you normally would want to put any of these base heads over in Miami, you know, like, do we have to put them on a club like club space or something like that or treehouse or is, or do you think there could be a better place that we that's better off suited for them and for the target audience that could come over
0: absolutely there are so many better places for these djs to be performing at club space doesn't even do bass music anymore uh, shout mm, out to them wow. they, they have some great artists but no bass no dubstep treehouse has dubstep on thursdays but everyone that wants dubstep wants to listen on the weekend they want to go on saturdays it's out of right. miami beach and it's also a venue that's max like 100 200 people which is very intimate but then you have people like leveled up who you could see are so used to performing in front of thousands of people, and then they come to this small venue in Miami Beach and they're like, ha ha, well, we're going to have a great time, but it's not what I'm used to. These DJs, these dubstep DJs deserve a venue where they're in front of like 1,000, 2,000 people somewhere in Wynwood or even Hialeah, South Miami, more central where all the bass heads are and just like throw down in front of 1,000, 2,000 people, full production, lasers, LED screens. That's what we're working towards so that we can bring it to the DJs.
1: That's actually pretty dope, man. And I like to hear that, man. Um, because back in my days when I was starting out, back in twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, those are the times that I was very active here in South Florida. All we had was at the time Heart nightclub, uh, space. if any, if any with space, you know, Club Cinema, Club Cinema,
0: Club Cinema. I've heard a lot of good things about Club Cinema, but they're not around anymore.
1: Club Cinema was the shit. Club, it was. I I mean, my first and last show that I've ever performed as a DJ was at Club Cinema. Ironically, both both on prime time. You know. When
0: was the last time you DJed?
1: Uh, twenty seventeen at the summer beginning of the summer around there. It was um the Borgor show. It was definitely at the Borgor show. That was my last time that I ever performed because at that time that's where I quit being a promoter with, um, at the time, Apex shout out to those guys who, who treated me great and Lucho as well. Um, I was with Apex and I quit being a promoter because at the time, you know, I got signed with a manager and my manager just like, yo, like you're starting to pop out little by little and you're about to go around with meeting, you're meeting other artists, you're, you're working with them. You're climbing, like, it's time for you to stop being a promoter and start acting and being a an artist and true artist. And these guys should be booking it. I'm like, all right, bet. So I basically did my my last show with them, sold whatever tickets I got left, and and send them the rest. And I did my last show. I gave them my last final send off, and it was the most heaviest set that I've ever done in my life at that time. Before I quit and did other other bu- a bunch of projects, you know. There's there are times in which like I miss it. I'm I said times I really miss it a lot, me being a DJ and be able to perform with other with some of my homies and even some of the, my homies that I work with. But you know, at the same time it's like I, I already fulfilled my goal, if you get if you get what I mean. You know, like I already performed at festivals. I perform on festivals, sold out festivals, big ass festivals, you know, like Sunset and Life in Color. And then over in my hometown in Puerto Rico, Dreamland at the time and I've been to a bunch of shows. I open up for a bunch of artists. I talk to them. I cooperate with them. You know, like at that point, I would feel like I'm fulfilled. Now I I match to fulfill. Now I just want to do the whole touring aspect. But it didn't took off for a number of reasons. So we could get there later. Um and but yeah, that was probably my last time. Will I ever come back to DJ again? Absolutely. Like if anybody invites me to DJ, I'll absolutely fucking do it. And I'll bring up, I'll bring up the heat. I'll bring out some of the most unreleased tracks that i've never released and one of the most proudest tracks that i've ever created because everything is being original to the teeth and it's all original sounds so it's like i'm very proud of it i can't wait to do that am i desperate about it I'm, nah because i've been djing for over 15 years it's like i already got my kick at it you know now i'm more focused into this podcast game you know this is my thing this is my calling call. So it's like once I found this, it's like nothing can make me happy other than this, you know. So that's that's where I am right now, you know. And once in a while, I just do a little produ- uh, production songs here and there. Not, last month, I just released my my first single in over two years that I've been inactive on music, you know. And a lot, of, and I had a lot of people playing it, which is I was like, wow, cool. Not expecting much. I was just like, all right, cool. You like it? Play it. All right, cool. I appreciate the support. That's all I need. No, that's fine. It's still out there, you know.
0: That's awesome. I'd love to hear your song, man. And I'd love to get you on a lineup too, since we're doing these regularly. But that brings me to another question. What uh what brought what inspired you to start doing these podcasts? I see you're very passionate about it.
1: Um, to be honest, I've been listening to podcasts like I've been living in Miami so far for seven years, you know. And at least out of those seven years, probably like five of them I've been listening to podcasts. I've been also all sorts of podcasts, you know, and whether it's comical, educational, EDM purposes, you know, I guess real reason why I started doing my podcast is because I always felt like I need to be the voice of something, you know, like I felt like every time I'm around people, there's times in which I know some dirty little things and I cannot voice my opinion about it because I may say the wrong thing or somebody might take it the wrong way. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm as honest as you can get me, you know? I don't like, you know, having stuff bottled up, and I've been bottling up for a long, long time, and I just needed something to escape. Something to, like, just, like, blah! All the shit that I know, and all the shit that's happening. And at the same time, I'm a very educational person that I, I like to educate people in the, in the most respectful way, in the most helpful way, you know? Let the people know that That's before me to know, like, here are all the things that I've done in my life. These are all the experience. This is all the fuckery shit that I had to deal with. And these are all the fuckery shit that you may have to deal with. But you may probably avoid it if I tell you some of the stuff how to avoid it. You know, I give you examples of what happened to me. I give you I interview people who are in the industry, artists, filmmakers, cosplayers, YouTubers, you name it. They come over here and I tell them and they and just basically blew out their their experience, you know? And then that's where I go. It's like, see, guys, it's not me. These guys are experiencing the same thing. And it's probably the same thing that you guys are experiencing. So I'm just trying to teach you guys, show you the roads because when have you seen an artist, a well-established artist? Let's put it out. A well-established artist that's given his time to tell people how the game really works. When have you heard one? Or do you know? One? Yeah. No. Maybe one? Two? Why is it one or two? Why is it none? You get what I'm saying? Like, how can some of these guys who are well-established don't talk about these certain struggles? Like the struggles that they say like, oh yeah, I've been, you know, it took me years to to get to where I am. But, you know, if you, if you push harder, you get there. It's like, dude, I hear that shit all the fucking time in every fucking interview. I don't need to hear that. No. I want to hear your fucking experience. When you started out all the way to where you are, I want to hear the part that you were struggling as an artist. I want to hear the part that, oh, fuck, like, I don't know when when it's my next meal. I oh, yeah, like I had 20 other fans and only had two hours of production. But I did that consistently until I make it to where I am right now. Stuff like that. Like, I want to hear those stories, you know, like if you check out my previous ones, nitty gritty stuff. did a splendid job on talking about this. Shindo did an amazing job. Big and slim. Some of the other artists. Plasma does that. Um, Skybreak, just recently in an interview, he he explains it very deeply. And I want to hear those stories, you know? And I want people to hear those stories as well, you know? Because people need to hear about it. Because it's such that the fact that, you know, you start making your... You start doing mistakes, but it's not, it's not because you're intentionally making the mistake. No, it's because you don't know. You don't know. Nobody up there came down to you and mentor you in a way or t- show you the ropes or tell you, it's like, hey, this is not how we do things. This is how we do things. You know, here's here's a way how to fix this. Here's how you can do this. Yada, yada. Um, dude, very hard to find them, And there probably are none. There, of course, of course, can't knock down to the people who actually does the masterclass or private tutorings. And they may actually tell you something, but they all have a price, you know not knocking down their their hustle they do thing. if you gotta get your money go get your money and show people how to how to sound design and all that shit i've i've done it before not knocking that out but what i am saying is like this type of information that i'm saying and, and and that my podcast is saying is free i'm telling you for free because i want you guys to learn i want you guys to learn you know how to approach people how to send properly emails how to not show desperate. How to like, you know, stop sending demos to these labels. Do it this other way, you know? Get your shit together like this, you know? I'm trying to help the little guy or the guy who doesn't have a voice, you know? I'm trying to be the voice for those guys, you know? A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. So I'm trying to make sure that people who comes over to my show and people who want who wants to talk to my show, who wants to listen to my show, become the wiser man than me. Because that's how I'm looking at it. I'm a wise, I'm I'm a very wise, wise man. I don't know if I can say I'm a wiser man per se, but I do learn a lot from other people's mistakes. Because there's a lot of things that I've seen from my own homies, locals, local homies that make plenty of mistakes that if those mistakes would have been corrected or somebody would have told them otherwise, they probably would have been big. They probably would have been much more established. They probably would have conquered their goals. But but because of that, nobody told them they're stuck where they are right now. They're not progressing. So I want everybody to progress. You know, I don't care what everybody tells me about the industry. It's like, oh, there's too many people. It's like, no, there's room to eat. There's definitely room to eat. Anybody who tells me that the, that the industry is very oversaturated, like, no, because that that's the same logic, like, what, 20 years ago, 10 years ago? That was the same mentality. It was like, oh, the industry is over, oversaturated. And all of a sudden, we got so many pop artists popping out left and right. We got how many boy bands do we had at the, t- 10, 20 years ago? Think about it. How many Britney Spears and Christina Aguileras we had in our time? How many Katy Perrys, you know? How many kecias? Like, look look where we are now. And we still keep popping. So people telling me, like, it's oversaturated. It's like, nah, bro. There's enough to read. Because if it was oversaturated, then we would be listening to the same Backstreet Boys all over again. You know, we'll be, set, we'll be listening to the same people since since then they were coming up, you know? So this, yeah. is, so this is why I'm very passionate about this show. You know, this is why I love podcasting, man. Because it gives me... Enough time to explain myself and and talk, having these conversations with others, and it gives us and then an, there's no time frame. We can talk for as long as we want, as long as we get the point there. You know, as long as we get the details right, the facts right. You know, because that because if, let's say if you want, I want to do this on a on a YouTube basis, like YouTube videos. How, what's the average view for YouTube?s Normally, it takes you like what ten minutes. You want me to give you a ten minute explanation to how the industry works. Hey, I got time. (laughs) Like shit, bro. That's that's a lot. That's that's uh, that's a lot. A lot of information that you're trying to condense that in a smaller version. And I'm pretty sure that there's people out there that are doing a better job than me doing it in 10 minutes problem to those guys is that they leave some parts here and there that you don't notice. And then at the end, it gives you that question. But why? Why this and why that? And then you go down in the comments down below, hoping for somebody to answer. And sometimes, miraculously, it'd be the person who's answering, the YouTuber. And then sometimes it's other people answering. But most of the time, you just want to hear from the YouTuber who says that who's been in the industry, right? You want to hear from it because that was the answer. But why leave with that question? Why leave with that you know question in mind? It's like, but why? How? You left so many openings. See, that's the problem with it. That's why I turn it into a podcast because at least... I can spend a good 40 minutes talking to myself, explaining some of the some of the issues, you know, topics. Like if you if you look at my previous episodes, like if you see like the first five episodes, I I believe, like, I don't know when was it that I got my first guess? It was probably at episode 10. But if you see my first episodes, it's all me. Under 30 minutes, 40 minutes, under an hour, all me. Different topics. Different topics, all related to the industry, all related to my experience with the industry, but they're very detailed. Stuff that you really want to like grab a note and just like write it down. It's like, ooh, next time if I'm going to write an email to somebody, I know how to write it, how to tell them, how to approach them, you know? And sometimes some of these guys that I interview, they tell you straight out, I was like, yo, like I just did this and this is how it worked. Blueprints out there. Now, I may say not every blueprint out there is going to work the same, Because you can give me Jay-Z's blueprint, and I can follow every little detail from Jay-Z's blueprint, but I may not have the same results as Jay-Z did, you know? You get what I'm saying? Like, like I I, I can have it. It's right there, and it could be used as a reference. It could be a show, but I can't tell you whether it's going to be the same as me. Everybody has their own lane. You may use some reference to other people's here and there, but everybody has their own lane and their own pace of how to get there. So that's where we are.
0: Yeah, it's a very noble thing you're doing that you're trying to like educate people on the industry and share your experiences. So give me a little more. I mean, I'm sure you've already talked about it a lot in your podcast, but tell me a bit about your journey from like your start of listening to EDM, how you discovered dubstep, like who's your first favorite dubstep artist and how'd you got into producing and DJing? And then eventually I guess you got into the podcast, but before then, like your your journey.
1: Yeah. Basically, it's very simple. I've been DJ. Like I said, I've been DJing for 15 years. I'm 32 right now. So I've been DJing since I was in my 15s, you know, in my teenage years, you know, and I am I was always passionate about music. I, I was always passionate about technology and music overall. Like I always say, like, I want to be a DJ. And I became a DJ at an early age, starting doing my own private parties and birthdays, quinceaneros and uh, proms after proms, and then I leveled myself up to clubs, and then from clubs to Miami, and then Miami to radios, festivals, and more clubs. You know, shit like that. Like, and then started to do touring outside of Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Tallahassee. It's a it's a wild ride that I did. Um, uh what it got me into bass music, I think it it was because um, obviously, Squirrelz. Squirrelz is <laughs> like, I, like. The The OG bro, like, um, I'm pretty sure you were young at that time when Skrillex around in 2010 and 2011,
0: right? Uh, I had to have been in middle school when I heard my first Skrillex song,
1: right? So I was already, I was already um, college at that time, you know. So Skrillex became my first guy, and then uh, after that, I started. I want to do ADM, but I didn't know where to. So I started with house because house. I'm not throwing shade to you house guys. Anybody who's a listener who's into house. I'm not throwing shade to you guys what I'm about to say, so but I always believe that house is a very easy genre to start off, to learn and to make. Like correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Hey, I mean I I enjoy house mixing house is very smooth and fluent. So I could see where you're coming from. Whereas bass is a lot more uh you know, predetermined and more strategic. Right. When it comes to like mixing.
1: Yeah. So I started going around with that big room era, you know, when Martin Garretts and the rehab and, and these other other guys were going on with the tsunamis and shit and whatnot. And <laughs> I started with that. I started with that whole drum run, you know, and and then I started practicing. and started doing my DJ sets, you know, but yada, yada, yada. But I always felt like, <clears throat> like, it's not challenging enough for me. So it's like, I need something that motivates me even more. I need something that's much more of a challenge that I can actually like go ahead and kill it or gets me hyped up and pumped. Because, you know, when you're out at a 128, there are times in which you get bored because you're basically playing the whole entire song. So there's not that much of mixing. There's not that much of movement, whereas um, Dubstead and Trap and Future bass and and Mumbai and festival, however you want to call it. There's a lot of movements and there's a lot of more of DJing involved in that. So definitely that got me started and that's how I started going up in that route. I left the EDM route. By the time I started working with Apex, which was committee at the time. And before I got my first show, Angeliclaw, that's like where I started to transition myself from being the, the what it was house into the fully, bass producer that I am right now you know I was never I was never like like oh I'm exclusive to house or I'm exclusive to bass like no I was always always open to listen to everybody I like I like listening EDM as a whole you know except for the housey housey shit like that I cannot understand I cannot stand it you know it's too, it's too much for me, man. It's the same limbo all over and over again. And then techno, don't get me started with techno, bro. Like techno and rhythm are like two of the things that I ugh, bro. I need more creativity in I need more variety on that. You know, it's the same bar loop over and over for the for the past I don't know how many minutes because it's it's like you never you never knew that it changed and you're like wait. This is a different song? I thought it was the same one. Oh no, no, it's a different one. When did this happen? <laughs> I didn't hear the switch. When did this switch happen?
0: So, you know, Yeah, House is very fluid in that sense. But so tell me some of your favorite artists then. Who are some of who are some of your inspirations right now?
1: Free people. Uh Rob Swire from Knife Knife Party and Pendulum. He's the lead singer of both of them. Uh Zomboy, Josh Melody, and Squirrelitz. Those are my like my free. Top artists. If I ever gonna put my free top guys who I've ever followed, those are my t- my top people. You know,
0: yeah, they're incredibly talented people. They're they're good. They're a good top three. Zomboy, especially. I mean, Skrillex mixing wise, his DJing is incredible, and Zomboy production wise, his producing is is insane. It's
1: ridiculous what Zomboy is, bro. Like Zomboy and his level of um of medicine is just like. Like, dude, how the fuck can you make it so tight and clean this whole space? Like, how the fuck you do that, bro? And he does it like perfectly, like no, not, like no other. Well, probably like anybody who could compare to him was Virtual Riot, and Virtual Riot is just a god that walks among humans. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's the man. Have you been seeing his post recently about his um, poly- polymer? Or how do you say it? what's the word? so oh i'm so excited to be the first one to tell you about this so his girlfriend has had a boyfriend i don't know all the full details i'm not sure how how. i'm gonna try to be as correct as possible and i also don't know the the correct terminology all right as long as
1: you put that disclaimer so that way people won't comment down to you it's like no you're wrong it's you're saying it wrong it's like calm down guys calm down it's this is what we heard.
0: I'm bit, yeah, I'm new on this lingo and this. And I, at the end of the day, it is rumors. But he has posted very open and honest about it, and I love everything about it. And I'm very happy for him and his and his. I guess you could say his his uh, relationships. So his, his wife has had a boyfriend for about a year now. Is what I is what I hear. And they're very open to that. They're happy about it. They they enjoy it. He also has had a girlfriend for a while now. And so him and his wife and his girlfriend are now having sort of this like polyamorous relationship where the three of them are together in a very happy, open way. Hey, like that is awesome. Like what we just said, like the man's a God walking amongst men. Here he is with two girls on his shoulder and they're very comfortable and happy with their position. And everyone is happy with how they're doing it. I mean, his wife Oh, and his their girlfriend is also married. So the girlfriend they have, yeah, no, I know this is like a huge, like fa- I don't know how their Thanksgiving dinners are gonna look, but everyone is really, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's it must be a wild ride. But hey, like if that is what they're into, I respect it wholeheartedly, and I I like how how they're breaking the 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 lines that have been drawn for so long, where like this is how relationships have to be, like this is what is like normal. And they're just, like, doing what they feel is right. Jesus, that's... Surprise. I'm, I'm so happy I was the first one to tell you about this because it's very interesting new information on the scene. You know, damn, that explains a lot.
1: <laughs> that kind of explains the... Le- I, I, I don't remember the last that I saw... Uh, the, his post on Instagram, but I saw that uh, his wife and his girlfriend, I guess, at the time, I I, at the time I thought it was just a friend, but they were hugging each other out, you know, being happy and being lovey about shit. And then, and then they were just taking pictures with him and whatnot. I, at that time, I was just like, oh, I guess they're, you know, good friends or whatnot. And then the way they were posting each other, like, you know, hugging and this, I'm like, huh, and they're kind of... They kind of, they kind of, you know, a little free to be, you know, friends, right? I was like, "Ah, yeah, okay. That's then, that's on them. But Wow. I didn't know that was the whole situation that was happening. (laughs) Yup. Dude. uh, And wait a minute. So the wife, you said that wife had a boyfriend. What, Whatever happened to that boyfriend?
0: So he's, no, he's still around, but I'm not sure how how deep he is in the actual group relationship that's going on between. So like the, their girlfriend has a husband, but he is not connected to the polyamorous relationship. I think like virtual riot, miss Nico and the girl are the ones that are all interested in each other. Right. Whereas miss Nico is the only one that's interested in her boyfriend and the girlfriend who I don't know her name is the only one interested in her own husband. But those three, Virtual Riot, Miss Nico, and their girlfriend are the ones that are all interested in each other. Lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> he is not just the king of dubstep. The man is a king uh, and god in a lot of several respects.
1: Holy fucking bullsack. Like, God, he, mu- he must have... Yeah, he must have balls of steel. <laughs> like his dick must be made out of gold for that shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, listen, I, I'm I'm happy with my fiance, uh, the one and only. She's already enough for me. I don't need another headache in my life. <laughs> so how long have you guys been engaged? a uh, uh, Couple of months. We've been engaged. We've been together for two. Oh, for my two, God. Two That's years, two years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We got engaged on September, you know, the Ma- wedding. Don't ask me about the wedding. I don't know when the wedding is it's like we when we, when we get there, we get there.
0: Yeah. No baby steps. I imagine.
1: Yeah. Bro, like, n- let me, let me just like find a new place for us and then we'll get to the wedding part. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, but that's a thing. Congrats.
1: Thank you. Thank you, man. So we've been talking a lot about me, man. And, n- and nothing about you, which is like, Nah, the world's kind of reversed in this in this
0: spot, man. Yeah, there's a lot I wanted to learn about you. You you've been in the scene a lot longer than I have, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, bro, and I and know a lot more than you you imagine. I mean, you can ask me for any fuck shit, and I can tell you yes or no, and oh, I probably heard of this, you know, stuff like that. Um, I've been I've been telling everybody. Be, people believe that I, like I've been on the scene for like as long as I've been living in Miami. Like, no, guys, like. I've been on this nightclub scene since Puerto Rico. So it's like, you can give a guess. Like, I've been over a decade in this scene, dude. And well. and even, even for me, I, I looked at that. I was like, damn, is it really a decade? Like, oh, shit, it really is. I started clubbing and entering the nightclub seat at 2010. We're by 2021 right now. So I've been on this game for a, for a long time. And I've been like, damn, I didn't even realize that. That was a lot of years of me going through bullshit and crap. Oh, my God. There's just so much crap to talk about, man. There's just so much. But, you know, I'll give you a, a fair shot. Like, ask me anything and I can give you a most honest answer that I can give you. You know, at least the most I can to my knowledge.
0: Okay, that's cool. Um, Damn, that really opens the floor up to a lot of questions, though. My mind is racing right now. <laughs> hey man like I'm an open book you know
1: and everything is I said is in the public so people who try to say like oh Wilson said this and they screenshot at me I'm like yeah guys like I know what the fuck you guys said you don't need to screenshot at me like I know what I said and I stand behind it you know <laughs> like it, tell me otherwise that I'm wrong I mean prove me that I'm wrong people have tried but they fail to succeed because I actually bring evidence experience facts and a lot of other bull crap. But no, most of the time, I'm just Wolfson, the crazy guy who wears a tinfoil hat, you know, like he's talking nonsense, like UFO shit. I'm just that type of person that they say. But I said, I bet I bet when the shit happens, when the shit hits the fan, I'm going to be gloating the whole fucking time in my social media. I'll be like, I fucking told you and I'm going to come over to the show and say, I Fucking told you, like, oh yeah, I'm very petty at that in that sense, you know, I'm very petty, cause like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it go, bro. Like you call me out, you say I'm, I'm wrong. It's like, all right, bet let's see what happens. Shit happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. No, it feels
1: good to be right, though, right? Oh, it feels amazing (laughs) to be right, you know, and to prove these (laughs) motherfuckers wrong. it's like, oh, oh, that's the shit, bro. It's so it's so that way they can literally stop talking shit. Stop talking stuff that you fucking don't know. Stop talking nonsense. Stop lying to people. I hate that. I hate people who are liars. Like, fucks, why do we need to lie? Like, just be honest about things, you know? That's why I am who I am, you know? Like I am up from and honest all around, dude. I hold tongue to no one, including to my fiance, which is sometimes my fiance tells me it's like to at least won't lie to me once. Just I don't I don't need this truth bombs all the time about this shit. Like, come on, at least soften the blow a little bit. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to soften the blow. It's it's in me. I gotta say it like, I gotta say it like that.
0: But that's why no, she likes me, you know? Yeah. That's an incredible quality to have. If I could give, if I could give one advice to anyone that's like doing anything in the industry, trying to make it anywhere and anything, not yeah. even just in music, the number one rule is to be honest. Cause if you're honest with yourself and with others, that is very clear. And it just like gets you where you're, where you're supposed to be, where you're meant to be. And yeah, like lying always comes out in some way. Like if you lie, some, people will find
1: in some shape of way or form. People will find out, you know, some way, somehow, especially now the era that we're living right now, where everybody's all about cancel culture shit. Like everybody gets canceled very quickly. They dig up stuff from your past. And it's like, oh, you said this. Oh, you're this. You're a narcissist. Oh, you're a misogynist misogynistic. Oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're an abuser. Ah, A lot. And I'm like, whoa, holy crap. You had literally nothing else to do with your goddamn life for you to scroll all the way 10 years ago from the first tweeters to find that post. But kudos for you finding that post. Now we know that this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, so in the era of social media, there honestly is no lying because everything is out there. And if, if you're not being honest about it, you're being quiet about it. So, mm.
1: And I'm trying to be the loudest in a sense in like, I'm not being quiet about my stuff. Like I am who I am and that's how I am. You know, like, so people don't even look at me. It's like, Oh, Wolfson's very quiet about this topic. I was like, no, I I, I, I said my piece, you know, I just sometimes I, li- I like to talk about it in the podcast, but I don't need to discuss it in the fucking comment section. Like, why? Why do you need to go into the comment section? Like, I learned that the hard way, to be honest, I learned that the hard way about going on a rabbit hole with the comment section and going back and forth with people, you know, I'm. Then before you know it, you got like 20 people all against you. So you got 20 minds against you when it started with one one and then everybody's just like trying to paddle it down. That was early in my in my career. Now I'm just like I ignore any any comments. If I see an interesting comment, I was like, I'll comment about it, you know, but any other specific bullshit comments or posts, I tend to avoid the comments unless it's something positive that I want to say something and say like, yo, I agree, man. Facts. Like, yes this is, this shit happens, you know, blah, 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 blah. that's different, you know? Then I get engaged with the artist, I get over with the person, you know, who I may suppose, and it becomes a healthy dialogue, you know? It's not like, oh, you're fucking wrong, bro. You're fucking wrong. Like, I disagree with what you say. You're, you're a dumb piece of shit like that. Why that energy?
0: You know, why? Yeah, especially on YouTube, there's like, they've created a culture around getting a rise out of people in the comment section, so I also try to avoid the YouTube comment sections but yeah it's definitely uh what's the word it makes you grow a very thick skin mm-hmm. <laughs> youtube comments can be can be harsh and hey i mean you could, it, it's an opportunity to grow but i don't think it's it, i don't think they post with that idea in mind i think they no. post just to get a the yeah. people and troll and yeah basically. Yeah. it's important to know what's going on in that person's life like what is it that's going on with them that they're willing to hide behind a screen and say some stuff about you where they can't be they can't be attacked themselves where they're like where you're you're defenseless and they're unattackable because they're anonymous so like what must be going on in their life where they have to let out in that kind of way and then you kind of feel bad for them or in some way um you know sympathize with them they're like hey man like whatever you're going through that you gotta be commenting on my post and saying like yo you're fucking wrong man like, I'm sorry to hear, but if that's how you feel, that's how you feel.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. It's funny that you say that because I had that conversation with one of my homies that we went to audio school together and we were having that discussion that I had a comment, uh, somebody who was a fan of the show and uh, and a listener and uh, and was he was a guest in my show, commented on uh, one of my episodes about, you know, me, me telling people stop sending demos to labels because Labels don't, in this world, in this day of age, labels don't really, don't give a shit. Labels don't really listen to your music. They only see, they only see you. They only see you and they will only listen to you. Various reasons. One of the main reasons are, A, one of their artists is playing your music and they notice it. And they're like, who who did this? Did you do this? No. This so-and-so. And that's when they check you out. B when they have when you have a strong social media presence and have a strong pool, and they want to have some of those numbers in their numbers so that's like one of the major reasons like A&Rs in today's world are very lazy not 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 all of them they put that disclaimer again I'll say like the majority of of rs and labels are like that in today's world there are some and few there are not like that, and there are in it for the community and in it for the people to grow, you know? Samples like Subsidia, Disciple, um, Rushdown, Ophelia. Then there was a couple of, oh yeah, the Root Service. That's Bear Girls' label, right? Root Services. And Funk case, DPMO. Like, I know those guys are literally listening to s- demos. I know those guys are commenting, and, and if they fuck with it, they fuck with it, you know? So I know these guys, those are like the few exceptions to the rule, you know? But the majority, and it's like, when, once you get those level, corporate level labels, like the Never Say Dies and the Circuit Records, not that I have anything against it, those guys, but. At those type of levels, you know, the spinning records, the musical freedoms, you know, the bike this, those guys work on a different level. Those guys are looking for a, like more of a, a pull, numbers, data, than talent. And that's exactly where we're living. We're now we're no longer living in the era in which like we can build an artist based on this label. That thing is is no longer happening. Like if you're gonna be releasing music at this label, you have to be established. You have to be like, so, strong, bureau. you have to be talented. Absolutely. Like you have to be, have a good, strong, talented presence on, in the music area, but you need to have like the pool. They don't want, they don't want to build anybody anymore. It's like, I want you to be all this. Back then it was more of a, you're a producer, you're a songwriter, you're an engineer, you're a vocalist, and I don't know what you do, but you stay there so you can get our food. Okay. Now everybody go, go to work now is you have to be the engineer, the vocalist, the producer, the like the the marketer, the publicist, like everything. Now you have to be every and the artist, the DJ, all together. You have to be all wrapped up in a nice little gift. That's how you have to be for labels now, unfortunately. And that's the sad reality. And it's not me saying I'm talking out of my ass, me saying that like, uh, yeah, this is how it works. Like, no, this is stuff that I've talked to a rs I talked to people who work with a and labels. I talked to artists. I talk artists all the time here in the show, and they can give you their, their share of experience when it comes to labels. And when the majority of them tells you, like, I'd rather stay independent because of that little hassle that they have to go through with labels. Like, they don't want that. And sometimes label wants them exclusive, and they're like, nah, like, it's not me. I'm talking out, my, out of my ass, like, no. It's based on the people I I talk to and I give some evidence and experiences and facts about it. Like I got I got a whole bunch of notes that I could talk about it and bam. But no, there's always gonna be the one person's like, no, you're wrong because that's not that's not how it worked with me. I got I got accepted by demo submissions, you know. I had to send like 20 and then I got myself with one, and that one is the jump start to my career. It's all offensive demo submissions. Don't be saying that to, to people. That's a bad advice, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let me tell you something, man. You said it right there. You already had the same similar experiences as me and as others. You said yourself, you had to send 20 demos, 20 for one of them to respond to you. What does that tell you with the other 19? What does that that tell you? It tells you like the other 19 are not interested or they really didn't even open your email or didn't even listen to it. And in that case, you're accepting to the rule, but the exception cannot be
0: the rule. So it's yeah like- absolutely i think when it comes to sending demos to labels i mean i don't personally have a lot of experience with that because i'm not really interested in you know signing an exclusive contract to the label and i wouldn't sign to a smaller one but i think it's less than 50 percent the actual music that you send and it's definitely mostly about your the way you present yourself mm. and your potential in the industry because if if some joe schmo sends me a fire track Alright, that's great. Congrats. You hit one really good track and I don't know how many more tracks you're gonna pull like this Yeah, but I don't know what it really means for how I can how I can use you in, in my business mm-hmm. But then you have a select come in like let's say you have Zach Efron who's an actor Yeah, come in and say hey look I made this like booty little track What do you think and they're like hey listen? We'll sign you to Spinning Records just because it's a good look for our company to say that we signed Zach Efron the celebrity right now give and take. It's going to be a little bit of everything. They're not going to, you mm-hmm. know, Zach Fends sends them the worst song they've ever heard in their life. They're not going to be like, all right, well, we'll try our best. <laughs> no, we'll faster uh, engineer to fix this up for you. Not because that would be more work and cost than it's worth, but they find a good balance between someone that shows that they could be a professional artist that knows that it's not just about the music, that it's also a very strong business aspect to it. Yeah, and, yeah. Or good at business, not just music. And also have good music that show that they're going somewhere, that they're telling a story with their songs and their mm-hmm. production. Um, and then I think another thing that people forget is that, you know, you look at like the big artists, like you got Excision and Mersive and Virtual Riot. And that's not just one person. Like Excision is is actually a team. is a production mm-hmm. crew, is, is not a single person. Jeff Abel is a big part of it. He's the one that started it. He is Excision but excision has become a lot more than that now it's a team of people you know there's not just one artist behind the track there's a whole team of of master engineers and vocalists and lyricists and you know you go into the song credits of his songs and it's not just him he gives all the other people that work with him credit Mm -hmm. and he He also takes care of his people yeah everybody eats that's super important like if anyone wants to grow their business you got to remember that everyone that's around you has to be growing too Mm -hmm. because a tree can only grow as much as the roots around him are growing as well you got a tree in a small pot he's not going to grow very much but you put a tree in a big pot and you let the roots grow then the tree grows big too that's actually
1: a good analogy i never heard of it That's pretty dope. Yes, sir. (laughs) But I do agree with you. Like, yeah, like I, I forgot that that's like another aspect of the reason why you shouldn't do that. It's, it's all business standpoint. And, and I get it. Like, I understand their point of view from the label's perspective. Like I understand it's all business. Like, and that's exactly why they did it. They, or they do it, you know, it is what it is, you know, but at the same time, I feel a little bit of transparency will be nice, you know? A little bit of transparency. Like, you don't have to say, like, like, oh, yeah, all your demos are being sent to the spam folder, but at least be a little <laughs> bit transparent about it, you know? Because that's another thing. Like, I've I've heard labels that they, they have their own spam folder when which they put their song, the, like, their email account, and they everything gets delivered to that spam folder, you know? They don't even check it out, bro, and that's how it is. People just don't realize it until I come in into the scene and come, oh yeah, no, this label, that's how it works. That's all spam folder. Oh no, this label, yeah, they read their emails. They read their emails. I can tell you.
0: Yeah, I think uh it would be a win-win for everyone in the industry if labels were a little more open and just responded like, Hey, like we like we liked your we didn't really listen to your demo because honestly, as an artist, you don't seem like you're working very hard. Or like if they told you, oh, like, we liked, we liked your song a lot, but I don't know if we can really work with you because you're... It doesn't don't fit know. the label's needs or what their label's looking for. Sure. I'm sure a professional way to word it, but a lot of times it's probably for reasons that are hard to put into professional words. Because like they might literally tell someone, hey, they, they might literally not sign someone because they don't like the way they look. And that's hard to put into a professional email when you're up top, but they have their reasons. Like they, they know what's good for business and they know what isn't. And unfortunately, sometimes it's very lo- like, what's the word? Shallow things, very shallow things. and It's unfortunate, but yeah.
1: But I mean, it, it, you sometimes you got to be straight to it. You know, you sometimes you got to be a little bit of shallow to others, you know, because you can't just like go ahead and and not respond to it. and ghost people overall. Like that's that's not right. Like at least give them give them a hey, like we got the message. We'll get to it when whenever whenever we've, you know, we got time. And if you do get the time, hey, we listen to it. Fortunately, it's not what we're looking for. You know, keep sending us more tracks, but luck next time, you know. That's that's yeah, as that's as, 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 as transparent you can be, man. You don't have to give them full details, but just like quick, short, simple, straight to the point. And like, you know, just good luck next time, you know? Like I out of like twenty twenty hundred emails that I've ever sent for labels, like I could give you like at least a good five that they respond to me and they and they gave me their feedback. It's like, yo, it's pretty dope. But it's not what we're look it's not what we're looking for right now. You know, but I keep sending us stuff. It's like I appreciate that. You know what? Thank you guys. And you guys are gonna be the first ones to listen to my new music, you know, first above everyone else, you know, because at least you took your time and you gave me your honest about it and tell me straight up, it's like, you know, it's not good. I take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. At least, at least it gives you a peace of mind, you know, because how many times have you think of like you send a song to a demo to a label and you don't know whether they listen to it or not and then you know you're still waiting for it you know and you're waiting and waiting and then a month or two pass by and all of a sudden like it feels like your song itself is like ugh it lost its touch it lost its feeling and then you're feeling bad about it like a lot of bad shit happens you know and and that's where I tell people it's like dude like if, if they don't respond to you in a in a month maximum minimum in two weeks release the song release the song to somewhere else or release on your own it's the best way
0: so my friend recently told me about something that i'm going to try to look up the exact name but there is a way that you can send emails that have read receipts
1: oh yeah the mail track
0: yeah i i don't i actually haven't tried it yet i don't know how how it works or how well it works but it lets you see opened your message and read it. No,
1: it's definitely amazing, man. Uh, it's it's in Google Chrome. Uh, it's an extension. It, you just install it for free, you know, and then once you start writing, once you open up a compose an email at the bottom, just make sure that you remove it. It has like a re- remove signature or something like that. You remove it, it'll give you a pop-up about, you know, subscribe for a year, blah, blah, blah. You just exit that And then you can write the entire email that you want. Once you send it, you'll see like it has like two little check marks. The green check mark, a first green check mark indicates that that they received the the email. The second green check mark indicates you that they read the email. That's how I know where my email goes and whether the person read about it or not, you know?
0: Yeah. That's a requirement for reaching out to labels. Cause you don't want to be reaching out to the ones that keep, that you keep sending and they're not even looking at Cause at that point, it's not even about you. It's more a reflection of that. Yeah. Like they're not even looking at these. And then what's the point? Yeah, I agree, man. So I agree. What's your dream label? If you could get signed to any label in the industry, which one would you want to be signed to? Monster cat. <laughs> that's a great one. I love monster cat. Ah, oh, that's awesome, bro. Like,
1: that's that's not even a debate, bro. Like Monster Records is first off, is like the I don't know any other label other than Monster Cat that is to be considered the biggest lab- EDM label in the world. Like I don't know anyone bigger than Monster to be honest. It's like literally the only EDM label that releases all sorts of genres. Granted, most of the time they heavily focus on on drum and bass melodic dubster future bass stuff very melodic but they do they do release trance music they do release
0: house they do release dubstep like i don't just know just last tra- King, huh i think just i'm not even a year ago i think they signed sullivan king as well so they do everything yeah <laughs> it's what i'm saying bro like fucking monster
1: guy to me that's like the n- Ultimate goal, like once I'm, once I, if I ever release, or should I say, when I release a song with Monster Cat, whether it's a collab or a single or not, to me, I'll be happy. I'll be content with my life. I'll be like, man, I don't need to release more music. Like I put my stamp on it. I let the, I let the whole world know. It's like, dude, look how far I made it. I'm in Monster Cat. You cannot get any bigger than that, honestly. And that's no throw, no throwing shade on any other labels. I. Working with other labels will be dope as well. But Monster Cat is like, dude, that's Monster Cat. (laughs) Like, their music gets played everywhere. They have their own radio station that's literally 24 7 playing nonstop Monster Cat music. Like, I love, yeah. Like, what are we talking about, man? Like, if uh, any other label other than Monster Cat, my second will be Disciple for sure. And it's because I have, Homies and Disciple that, you know, that one day I wish I would want to release at that label Roundtable, more specifically, either round Roundtable or the men uh, matter, like Roundtable is like the goal for one day to release, you know? And yeah, bro, like those, those, those would be my two labels overall. Number one, Monster cat all the way. And it feels like if I go with Monster cat I feel like I, I have more liberty with my music than I do with any other labels, you know? You get me? Like, I can I, I can just, like, do I can just, like, do a, a heavy hitter dubstep and then the next song is a very happy, melodic dubstep. And then the next one it could be a drum and bass. And then the next one's a future rhythm or, I don't know, a future bass. And the next one could be house or like, or trap, like, you name it. Like, I feel like they have a very, that they're Oh, they're they're open to listen to music and they're open for you to be express yourself with whatever you got, you know. So they they don't limit you like like the Never Say Dies and the disciples, like you know, like all right, it's cool that you do this, but please focus yourself in this because this is what we release, you know. So that's that's where the limitation goes, and I always feel like I can never be limited by anything, you know. Like I have to be limitless, like I have, I need to have. The freedom to do whatever music I want and whatever, whatever I feel like I want to release it, you know? And that's how it's supposed to be on every artist. Every artist should supposed to feel like that, like there shouldn't be a shame that, that you're a bass producer and all of a sudden you want to make house music or vice versa. You're a house producer and you want to make bass music. You shouldn't feel shame about it. Do whatever the fuck makes you happy. You're an artist. You're a producer. The fact that you're doing it and others can't do that, that's already unique as it is. That's just like reminds me of, um, of what Big and Slim are doing right now, which now they're transitioning to their side project to Double Tap, which is a house. Big and Slim is all about base. Then Double Tap is all about house. And right now they're having they're receiving a lot of love for it. More love than I could ever imagine. I was like, holy shit, that's dope. And I'm happy for them that they're doing that transition. And I'm pretty sure it was hard. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are complaining about it because it's like it's big as safe. We expect you something bigger and harder, not this house crap. It's like dude, play whatever the fuck they want to play. It's 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 their lives. They are allowed to do what they want to do as an artist and as an artist. You're supposed to evolve. You're supposed to evolve. You can't be stuck all the time doing the same crap. I mean, you can, but if you do make it much more innovative make it much more interesting make it much more like wow you know going circle back to my, one of my favorite artists squorrels how much look how much he has evolved from being the the dubstep fiend that he was all the way to now house yeah. i may i may not like it but damn i respect it i respect his evolution i love that he did that whole evolution cuz he literally made a a huge cross of different genres and he's happy about it. And it's like that. Well, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be happy doing what you love,
0: you know. If house, that's so what, what makes
1: you happy. That makes you happy. Yeah. You
0: know? Have you heard the song "Supersonic" by Skrillex? I feel like I have. Yeah. I'm gonna see you after this podcast. It is so freaking good, dude. So good. And it is. You wouldn't even. I don't even know if you would know. It's excision. I mean, not excision. Sorry, Skrillex, because it's so different from the stuff he produced like when he was first starting off. But what are your thoughts on Marshmello, who is now forging his way into uh, into the like dubstep scene, like heavy dubstep?
1: Here's the thing. We all know Marshmello was dot com is dot com.
0: That is was n-
1: correct. That is no surprise. So the fact that he's going back to dubstep, it was like I knew that this was coming. Like, it, how can I how can I explain this? Like him as dot com wasn't going far. And he wasn't going very innovative. It, it wasn't going in the right direction. But Marshmello, one of the pioneers of future base, was going places. F- Marshmello was becoming one of the biggest artists in the world, like DJ Snake, like Squirrelitz, like Diplo, like Tiesto, like Martin Garretts. Like he's he became one of the biggest artists in the industry, Marshmello. But I know that because he's DotCon, start started out with making happy music. He started out with making dubs, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah, that heavy hit of shit. That's exactly what he wanted from the get go. But I'm pretty sure the team, Mo- Joe Shalizi, told him, it's like, all right, you wanna become, you wanna make dubs, you wanna be big at dubs and shit, or whatnot? All right, listen to what I gotta tell you and follow me, and I'll take you there. I'll take you there. But you got to do what I'm trying to say. And we're going to make you one of the biggest artists. But this is the route that we had to take. The route they take was future based, which is like, dude, if you weren't in that future based uh, wave, man, that you missed it. You know, now you got to you know, catch the next wave, you know. And that was a huge wave for a lot of people. A lot of people came out. Chainsmokers became future based, you know, because b- before they were housed. Now there's future based. Now Chainsmokers is one of the biggest artists out there as well. Like a lot of people came out in that future, future based crap, bro. And Marshmello became one of the one of the pioneers and the top headliners. And now that he's making dubstep, yeah, because he already fulfilled the role. It's like I did it. Like I'm big. Any music that he does up to this point, people are gonna listen to him regardless. It don't exactly. matter if the song may suck, but he's still Marshmello.
0: It's Marshmello. It's got his name on it. It's got his
1: name on it. It's the brand, you know. And that was the, the thing. brand. They need to put the brand to be like it's a brand. This is what much more represents before he can go back to his dubstep fame. And now that he's doing dubstep right now, I mean, like, he just just got nominated for a Grammy on his album. What a fuck? A superstar can do that. No, not anybody. A superstar like Marshmallow. So Shout out to those guys, you know, they did, they did they did they did a good job. It was a long journey, but to me like me saying like, oh, marshmallows sh- should have kept it with Dups.com dot- is like to be honest, if he would have stayed as con, I wouldn't think he would have made it that far. He would have probably be at uh if you look at uh, headliners on the flyers, you got the big names and right. then you got your medium sized names and then you got your smaller names. I think he would have been the smaller Nates if he would have stayed as .com. <laughs> and that's, yeah. for, that's not throwing any shade on him. It's like, I feel that like he was going to reach that far as .com because I'm pretty sure like, like I listened to his old shit it's like, his old shit wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, okay, it's dope, but it's like, other people can do the same thing or better. You know? So you had to do different.
0: And now he's so. A good example of experimental bass and another guy who did a very excellent transition that worked a lot in his favor as a new artist, um, Brills became, uh, and Brills. what a- I
1: haven't heard that name in a long time.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he used to be doing like, you know, ultra second stage, mm-hmm. uh, mainstream bass music and then he goes into this experimental bass phase or kind of some people like to call it space bass and yeah what do you think of his new Ella's Dream project I
1: honestly I haven't heard that name in a long time so I don't know anything about anything about his other projects to be honest so like what's his? Uh, doing
0: Oh, Ella's Dream is really good. Strongly recommend him. He's, I think he's on Wakan's label now, which is Liquid Strangers' label. Mm. And that's a lot of uh, experimental bass as well. Um, and some dubstep, I think. There are some dubstep artists on there, but it's mostly experimental bass. And it is beautiful, dude. Like the music he's making now has far surpassed Brill's. So that transition he made, um, changing artists, where, you know, like you said, uh, Brills would have been actually Brills was headlining shows was, was headlining shows but I think he kind of like plateaued and he realized like oh if I do this new artist I'm gonna go a lot further with it and that's mm-hmm. probably what Marshmallow realized too yeah, great I mean, move by that. very strategic well done
1: I mean you gotta give the shout shouts to to the managers who actually fought that through and think ahead it's like this is if this is what's gonna work like you wanna wanna be in, in this plateau anymore let's just go over it let's just do this shit catch the wave Bam, they catch the wave, you know? But wow, like, yeah, Brills. Last time I heard about Brills was probably by May May's Days. May Days. May's Days. It's Club Cinnabon Days. You know, that's the last time I heard about him, man. After that, like, he disappeared. Like,
0: honestly, he disappeared. Well, he's he's doing a project now called Ellis Dream, and he's, he's blown up. He's doing really well.
1: I mean, kudos for him, man. Now now he's actually doing something that, you know, can reach up to start his career once more again, because I'm pretty sure as Brills he plateaued. Yeah, he plateaued, like you said. Like, And I'm pretty sure a lot of people were in that same predicament as well. Like, there's a lot of people that I haven't heard in a long time, and I don't know where they are right now, to be honest. It's because they haven't their, 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 their presence is like, I don't know, they disappear, like, I don't know what happened to I'm pretty sure they're still making music, but I don't but not to that level that I will hear about that I like that they're making some noise. Like like Jultron, Jultron is a cool dude, but do
0: you see Jultron as a as a medium name or or bigger name artist? I haven't seen him on a lot of lineups lately, to be honest. And
1: that's the thing. Like Jultron is a dope producer, a dope songwriter, and everything. But his position in the industry as as an artist is is plateau as well. It's like I don't, you cannot. I don't think you're ever gonna go bigger as big as you're not gonna go as big as uh as a as a superstar DJ like the DJ Snakes, Chainsmokers, Marshmallows, dolls, and whatnot. I don't know if you're gonna be as big as the Zomboys, the Adcisions, and the I don't know, the nightmares, you know, those guys, you know,
0: like unless I he f- changes up, you know, he puts on a helmet and calls himself marshmallow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or he does something to change up his game.
1: I know. Right. That's the only way. That's the only way. And that's how I feel. I'm um, some of these artists, you know, and it is why I feel like this is the time when you feel like you're plateauing, you're not getting bigger than what you should be like. That's the time where you start doing other shit that's where you need to start you know involving yourself with other shit perfect example that i didn't know about until not too long ago 4b 4b when he started out he was all about festival shit festival trap you know moonbaton like all that crap he was he was he was i knew 4b as this trap person it wasn't until long ago that i realized that that was mentioned to me that 4b has a house label and he's playing house I'm like, when oh did this God. happen? <laughs> yeah, GTA does did the same thing. GTA, uh, prison riot, trap, Moomba, festival, you know, all that carnival shit and whatnot. And then now they're into house. Now they're playing house music. I'm like, what the fuck? When did this shit happen? And obviously, <laughs> when they when they switch over to these genres, people again. And I feel it's that it's that it's that reason. The reason why they're switching that often is not only their you're evolving as an artist but in the business stance you're getting plateau you're not getting you're not surpassing your limits you're not you're not getting any bigger than that like that's ha- that's as big as you're gonna get you know so it's like and some people are okay with it some people are okay to to be at that plateau level because I'm pretty sure they feel like I'm good where I am like I got everything everything that I needed I'm still getting shows I'm still releasing music does it get Bigger than better than this, like I'm I'm still touring, like I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with that. And then some like they kind of need to do it. So it's kind of I don't know. I, I, I see the I see why people do it. You know, before I was kind of bitter about it, but now as as I as I get older, wiser I just like I get it. And you know what? Kudos. You should be that's that's what you should be doing, man. If you don't want to be stuck in the same path, you know. I don't know what's gonna happen with me. I'm pretty sure I hit my plateau at a certain point, but once I release a song, on monster cat, that's gold. Gonna
0: change. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to hear. I'm excited for that song. I, I gotta listen to some more of your music. Uh, absolutely, man. I'll send you. A, um, I'll send you a,
1: a link to all my unreleased shit. You know, and the uh, song that I released last month. I definitely have like two future projects that I like to do and something that I want to present to to other artists. Is um. It's a very. It's a, I I mentioned this about to, to Skybreak. It's uh. I call these two songs. Um. One of them is hope, and the other one is despair. So it's like you can probably guess the direction I'm going on each song. You know, like despair is more about the heavy hitter dubstep shit, like urgh. <laughs> and then you got hope, in which you are like more of the melodic sense of dubstep, the more happy and flowy shit you know and the more energetic happy stuff you know so that's like a project that i'm trying to do to myself like a my own little ep of sorts like a two single ep but it's something that i want to combine as as like you know together this is what these two are together like you cannot listen one without the other because you if you do it it's like you you lost the whole meaning of of both these songs you know They, they they have a story Overall, you know, and I cannot wait to when I finish it and I can send it over to these uh, to these artists, to my homies, obviously for feedback, but also to, you know, so they can actually listen to the growth that I am. I cannot wait. And I would love to send it to a Monster guy would be dope. But, you know, we'll see when, when we get that bridge, you know, and I already had idea to. the artwork like I already know what I want to do on the artwork like in the artwork I want the artwork of of the song itself that it's like you know like um, you got the square artwork and then you got a middle line and one side is white and the other side is dark so you got the light as hope the light of darkness and then you got the darkness that shines over the light you know hope and despair basically and then when you get the song itself you get the whole side of it you know like you buy you buy despair or you listen to despair you get the dark version of the artwork you get the you get hope you get the light version and then when you got it together as a group you get you get both of them like this together to make sense out of it it's a very cool project that i had and i can't wait to do it man
0: i'm excited that's awesome yeah
1: so that's basically like where my headspace is at right now you know in terms of in terms of music wise you know that's where i am I am not in a rush. I'm not planning to release it like anytime soon, but it's definitely something that I'm very eager to do, you know, because I'm trying to do something new on these two tracks and it just shows like, you know, my growth between them. It just shows like how much like I grow as a person and grow as a producer, you know, like if you listen to my first song that ever released or or remix that ever released and you listen to my music now, like you will immediately hear the instant growth that I had over the years like it's just like day and night you can hear the difference like holy shit this guy's like insane like it's incredible how he has this from this
0: that's important that's uh, every artist should look to grow in that kind of way that I know when I listen to like my first tracks I'm super cringe that like how the production was done I have one song released under my name it's going to be the only song released under my name but it was done in a very like quick and poor fashion and people are like oh my god i love your song so much like i listen to it all the time and i tell them obviously the number one thing you say when someone tells you that is just thank you you just say thank you you leave it at that yeah but in my head i'm man whenever i listen to that song it's so cringe like the production is so poorly done like there's so much more i could have done with it but i had to release it because the song itself was so important to me and the way I felt like the like the reason I make music is mm. because it's the only way I know how to express myself in a way that words can't because like mm. I'm not good at talking as you can tell I let you take the floor on a lot of the topics because speaking is like the only way I know how to speak is to make music <laughs> right. so what it was in a really dark place I was actually sitting in this spot that I'm sitting in right now and something like really uh just like hurtful happened to me that I had to go sit down and write write this track and I wrote the basis of the track Uh, overnight like in like i stayed up all night working on it and that's where i created the base of it and i was like man like this every time i listen to that song it takes me right back to that pain and sorrow and hurt that i felt and it just that's why i had to release it because i was like man like i need to remember that like i i want people to see how i felt like i want people to know like this was something i was going through and it, it it is it was painful and it is hard to like listen to sometimes because it does take me back there but it's also beautiful because i've grown a lot from it and it's it's part of who i am and it's helped me be where i'm at now so it it production wise i listen to it and i'm like uh, like this song could have been so much better dude like i can't believe i re- released it but at the same time i'm like man in terms of like self-expression that might be one of the best songs i've ever written
1: that's actually pretty dope, man. And no, and, and also it takes guts for you to release music, you know, like it, is, like because you get that certain feeling, like, oh, I don't know if it's good or bad, and and trust me, every artist feels the same way when they release their music. They always says like, fuck, I can't believe I fucked that part out. Like I could have done a better job. Like you know who does that a lot? Um, Tainan, Tainan. Yeah. He, like the, he every time he releases a song. He always regrets one thing. It's like, fuck, I wish I could have done it better. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm because I'm here, like, dude, your fucking music is fucking rad. I don't know what the fuck are you talking about. It's like, no, but it it could have been better, man. Because because I fucked this frequency out. I left this part. It could have been. I'm like, all right, bro. First world problems. I get it, bro. But
0: <laughs> but yeah, big dude. artist, big artist problems. Yeah, I know, right? But it's good to. Uh, other artists feel that way too because yeah there is a lot of anxiety around releasing tracks Uh,
1: yeah bro don't don't ever feel shameful about it because everybody goes for the same every fucking artist no matter how big or how how bad the song is every artist goes for that same feeling like I feel like saying yeah even myself I have released music in which I said myself like fuck what the hell was I thinking (laughs) And sometimes are the songs that people really fucking love it. I have people yeah. love certain music that I created that I felt like this is like the worst shit I've ever did, and I'm never playing this song in any of my sets ever. I'm not even considering putting it on my phone to listen to. Like, no, I hate it. And it so happens that they're like like the most play music of them all. I don't know Passive. how. It's it's wild. It's wild, you know. But But I tell you, it happens. Everybody gets through that passage, you know, like, like like the best we could do is just like, all right, if I didn't like how it sounded like, like this, okay, now I know what to do on the next project. I'm going to make sure that it doesn't sound like that and I get better. And then, and then you continue on so on and so on. And that's how you learn, you know? What's going on, everyone? If you guys made it all the way to the end of the episode and you feel kind of left out, like, why didn't the episode finish like don't worry, guys. It's okay. The episode was way too big for me to put it in just one episode that I had to divide the episode because there was so many good content and so many good topics and discussions that it cannot be discussed under one episode, but had to divide it so we can always have brand new episodes with brand new topics every Friday. Always remember that. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course, the YouTube channel LoneWolfPod.com That's right. LoneWolfPod.com where you can check all my latest episodes. And always remember to comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a certain topic that you want me to cover for the next episode, please let me know on the comments down below and I'll do my best to do so. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys at the next one.